Okay, welcome back everybody to What Was That? I'm Kimmy. I'm Sarah. And it's been a while. Yeah. It's been like a month. <laughs> I so badly wanted to jump in and just steal the intro this time. Oh, should we, do you want to do, start it over? No, I froze. I was like, I don't know, just, I just want to mess with oh. your intro. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. So. <laughs> I feel like it's, we're still, maybe that's never going to get worked out because it's a little awkward to start podcasts, but, um, and also we, now we're doing it like once a month. So I know we need to do it more. We need to like up our schedule a little bit. We need a little tune. Oh, like a little intro tune. I'll bring my little kalimba. Perfect. <laughs> Sarah got a kalimba, which is, we thought was, what were the names we thought it was? A mini piano or a thumb harp. A thumb harp. A thumb piano. A finger. I thought it was like a finger piano. Oh, that's what it was. I don't know, but it is a kalimba. Yeah. And what is a calypso? Because is that an instrument? I, okay, I could be totally wrong, but I thought that was like... Drums? No, like um, a type of like... Wind culture, instrument? but like... Oh, like calypso music? Yeah, or font. Oh, yo, yo, I, I don't know. know what calypso <laughs> is. We'll have to get back to the viewers on that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was... To me, I think of calypso as like music, like a type of music. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking a lot of Paul Simon right now. Uh, oh, God, I love Paul Simon. Um, but anyway, Sarah got one. And then, so she got this for her birthday. Because um, we went to Beacock's Music in Vancouver. And we were, Sarah was like playing with them obsessively. Um, <laughs> and so we got one for her. And then on her birthday, she was like trying to think of the Studio Ghibli song. <laughs> and like, I was ready to beat her ass with this Calypso. Or what is it called? Calypso, right? Columba. Columba. God, I can't even. Yeah, anyway, I was ready to beat you with it. Because I could not. She was like, it's like, dun, 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 dun. She was like humming it. And me and her husband literally spent 20 minutes on YouTube and TikTok trying to find them. I not believe it existed. I was like, I know Sarah. And there is a 2% chance that this is a real song that she's singing. She probably dreamt it and like woke up and was like, you guys help me find this song. But she found it. Within hours, you found That's it. That's the fastest I've ever found a song or a reference for yeah, you Yeah. Okay. This, this sounds like we don't love Sarah. We love Sarah. We have to take Sarah with a grain of salt on a few things because... Sometimes those lines blur, you know? Anything could be everything. And me. sometimes we're on a wild goose chase with Sarah, and we're never going to find it. What was the panini press? That front row. Oh, my God. Okay, Sarah. Okay, so when we were, like, younger, we had this sandwich, like, maker thing. It was kind of like a panini press. So I can see where the confusion... Sarah, you can't see Sarah, but she just threw up her hands at me. Like, that's what I'm fucking saying. Okay, so it was, like, this sandwich thing, and, like... You put a sandwich in it, and then you push it down, and it, like, seals in the corners. It was almost like an Uncrustables yeah. grilled cheese kind of maker thing, but it was, like, triangles. So Sarah was like, this was years ago. She's like, I want a panini maker for my birthday. And I was like, I think you mean this thing. And she's like, no panini maker. And I was like, I think you're thinking, because a panini is a little different. It's got, like, grill lines. It's an open thing. Sarah's like, no, no, no. I know what I'm talking about. I was like, okay. So I get her a panini grill, or a panini press, whatever it is, panini maker. <laughs> A printing press. A printing press. <laughs> I got Sarah Panini. <laughs> I got Sarah Panini maker. She opens it and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I love it! I think you were right." <laughs> like immediately, she was like, "Oh yeah, it was the other thing I was thinking of." So we returned it and got her a sandwich maker. And now I use it all the time at home. All as well. But this is what I say: sometimes take Sarah with a grain of salt because sometimes you do know what you're talking about and Sarah will kind of send you down an adventure, let's say. We're pretty sure I have a touch of undiagnosed dyslexia and it comes out in my language. We're not pretty sure. Me and her husband are a thousand percent sure. Like we, okay, don't self-diagnose everybody. Obviously go to your doctor, whatever. 
But listen, one time we were driving and we like went through a list of like dyslexic symptoms. Sarah checked every fucking box. Every box. I was like, oh my God, this explains so much. And like numbers. Like I feel like you transpose numbers a lot too. It really gets. And I I'm like, let's just her. roast Sarah for the whole episode. I'm like, you're bad at numbers. You're bad at like naming. Songs. I don't have any peripherals for those wonders. Oh and my eyes don't dial. <laughs> to miracle, I'm here. Okay, sorry. This is like another funny thing that happened since we last recorded. So Sarah's eyes don't properly dilate, which is just like a weird. I don't know, like what kind of evolution animal thing that is. I don't know why. And like our family's eyes all dilate normally. So Sarah's got weird dials. I wonder what would happen if you ever, like, got stoned. Would your eyes dilate? Is it it they do or they don't dilate? Like, they don't get smaller. Oh, man. If you got ripped, you would just look like a a (laughs) doll with button eyes. (laughs) (laughs) That would be terrifying. Um, Okay, but also, Sarah is always like, oh, my peripherals don't work. And I'm like, that's... Come on, no, you're that's not true. And she's like, No, seriously, I have no peripherals. I saw it in action a few weeks ago. We were at the grocery we're at the grocery store. Oh, do you remember this? Okay. So we're at the grocery store and like we're going down this aisle and these two little brothers are like, I don't know, eight and ten, and they're like throwing balls down the aisle, being dumbass kids. Like literally what me and Sarah used to do. And we're like, oh my god, they're so cute. Like that's what you know, being little scamps or whatever. Well, then, like, five minutes later, we're in a different aisle, and there's, like, a couple next to us. We're, like, within two feet of each other, and they're, like, our age. And all of a sudden, uh, what are those animals that everyone's, like... Squishmallows. Squishmallows or whatever. Like, two, I don't know, pillow-sized squishmallows come flying over the top of the aisle. Like, basically, these kids were in the aisle and, like, chucked it over the aisle to our aisle to Bama's with pillow animals. And I thought it was a pigeon. Like, my first thought was, like, there's a bird in Winco. We're all gonna get diseased. Like, run. And I gasped. And the couple next to us gasped because we're all looking up. And sweet Sarah is staring at jars of jalapenos. And three people around her go, oh my god. And she goes, what happened? <laughs> and then I start busting up laughing and the couple's like, you didn't see that? And like, Sarah, was, closest to it. Sarah was like in the middle of it and Sarah's like, oh, my peripherals. And I dead ass saw how right that was. Like, I mean, you guys literally think of like two pillows flying feet above you, like in a grocery store. Why would that happen? How would you not see that? And Sarah's just staring at jars of jalapenos trying to decide. Like, it was wild. It's, where am I? Okay, the way I can explain it is like where your eyebrows are. Okay. Your eyebrows. That's where my vision ends. Wow. Like, I can't see. It's You're like, like a horse at a horse race. I know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Blinders up. I was literally at the doctor's office because Ben always jokes, like, you've got the world's worst peripherals. And I was yeah. like, maybe I do. <laughs> see, this but... is me and her husband roasting her again. We're <laughs> yeah. like, bad peripherals. <laughs> and I was at the eye doctor uh, getting contacts and they do the normal test. And they were, like, doing a peripheral test. And she was like, oh, I'm snapping. You can't see it. But she was holding her <laughs> fingers next to my eyes on the side. She's like, Okay, can you see that? Like, no. She's like, no. She's like, no. She's like, how about this? I'm like, kind of. She's like, eh, you're, it's probably fine. <laughs> she's like, I don't have the time to diagnose how crazy your eyes are right now. She's like, you're legal to drive. That's fine enough. I feel like almost no. I know. <laughs> like, and also, like, your night blindness is severe. Yeah, it's pretty Does bad. that, did contacts help with night blindness? It helps with the halo a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. The astigmatism. Yeah. Bro. Oh my god, that list is great. Oh, you have that now too, right? I'm, I'm part of the astigmatism club now. It's like, I think of that contact commercial from when we were kids. Oh, yeah. We're like, we're twins, but one of us has an astigmatism. And one of us doesn't. <laughs> yeah. The better. I didn't know you could develop it. That's crazy. Maybe I've had it and I didn't know, but like those halo things, uh-huh. my eyes get like 
sore at the end of the day. Like, I have to, like, turn off the lights to... But apparently, I'm just supposed to order my glasses, and I never do, but... Um, but yeah, I, I got... Ben and I used to get in arguments when we first started oh, dating. Oh, fuck. Oh, what? Sorry, I just forgot my notes downstairs. Oh, we That wasn't that it. dramatic. We can pause it. Sorry. <laughs> That's beauty I was audio. like, no! Oh, yeah, it's, like, literally five feet away. <laughs> but, uh, I used to get mad at Ben when we first started driving. I'm like, oh, my God, you're not checking your blind spot. And he's like, I am. And I'm like, I didn't see your head turning. He's like, I don't have to turn my head. Sarah and has to like exorcism her head to see a car <laughs> And I finally, after years put it together, I was like, oh, you were checking your blind spot. He's like, I told you. <laughs> Again, wild goose chase with this one. If Sarah gives you an order, think on it for a few think days. Because she might, she might not know what she's talking about. <laughs> Um, okay, so what else? Should I pause it now and go get it? Let's take a commercial break. Okay. A <laughs> word from our sponsors. Okay. Um, welcome back. Thanks for listening to a word from our sponsors. <laughs> just kidding. It was just me pausing to walk downstairs. If you want to be a sponsor, though. Yeah, if you're listening and you want to send some ad money our way, um, do we'll it. Advertise. We'll advertise. We'll literally probably advertise almost anything at this point. <laughs> Um, okay, do you want to catch up on what we've been watching, yes. reading, listening to? You start. I'm winded from way too fast <laughs> going down those stairs. There was no rush. Like You were hustling t- down. <laughs> Why was I so rushed? Like Time doesn't exist in podcasts. You can just pause it. But Immediately after, I was like, careful, don't slip down their stairs. Cause yeah, I, did you hear my foot? I started, to, I was like, <laughs> I was going, those stairs are steep at this house. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I haven't watched a ton of TV this week. Oh, okay. I just couldn't get myself to do it. Like, yeah. I think I was just so excited to not have homework anymore. Oh, oh there's hi. my master's, by the way. Sarah graduated. Woo! Sarah now has her master's degree. And like that, I feel like every episode of this podcast, you've been like fucking homework. I have homework to do. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's really, like, they really followed us along on this journey, you know? It's a happier version of me now. You seem lighter, I will say. Oh my God. You just dropped everything. Yeah. Week, but. Oh, and Sarah had a birthday. She turned oh, yeah. 32. Woo! 32, <laughs> master's degree. It's a All good set. week. Yeah. Like, you made the best birthday card ever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was Gryffindor, Harry Potter themed, related. Had to put Sarah's head on a Harry Potter character. Also, my whole family, like, didn't realize that I put Sarah's head on Hermione's, or Sarah's face on Hermione's head. That was a really big compliment. It was, yeah, people really think you're Hermione. <laughs> but she was oh, like, Sarah's a Gryffindor. Have we talked about that? Oh, we should if we Ooh. haven't. Ugh. I'm a Slytherin. You know what's weird, though? My second house would be Slytherin. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. I wonder where my second house would be. I want it to be Ravenclaw, but I think I'm just projecting. But like, I think I just want to be smart. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I see you as Gryffindor. You're pretty brave. God, I can see Gryffindor. Yeah. It's like our shadow side, you yes. know? Okay. Slytherin's way cooler, though. I love their colors. Oh, and I like Gryffindor's colors. I'm a, like a I'm like a warm, and you're like a cool, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know? Also, Sarah is rocking a Mr. What is that? Mr. Toad? Mr. Frog and Mr. Toad. Sarah is rocking a Mr. <laughs> Toad and Mr. Frog sweater right now, and it is so cute on you. It, we found it from Instagram. It's always, like, hit and miss when you order from those stores. Yeah. This one was a hit. My favorite sweater I've ever gotten was from an Instagram ad. Wow. And I got, like, it was that, like, Let's Summon Demons one. Oh, love that sweater. I got so many compliments <laughs> on that sweater, and I was like, Instagram, man. Sometimes those ads really do land. They do, and it's, like... One of those, like, Gleason, the ones you get from, like, sports Oh, like, jockey, on. whatever, yeah. Yeah, or, like, VBS's you work or something like that, or yeah. one, too. So, it's, like, a very comfy, classic sweater. It looks comfy. I felt the inside is really nice. 
Are you even sisters if you're not shoving your hand inside the sleeve? Being like, feel it. That is soft. <laughs> yeah, feel it. It's so soft. It is. We should really get into, like, printing. Yeah. Because I feel like there's, like, now you can just, like, print anything you want on a sweater for fun, you know? We do our logo. Oh, my gosh. My head instantly. I was like, Guy Fieri. And you're like, our logo. <laughs> or Guy Fieri with our logo. Guy Fieri with our logo. <laughs> we could have, I don't know if this is, like, copywriting, but we could have the outline of him, but in our, like, neon blue, pink, and purple. Oh, hell yeah. I love that. I'm sure that. he'll be fine with it. Probably like it. He has enough money. He's not worried about us, you know? <laughs> We're just two girls. Um, oh, okay, what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. We watched one more episode of Ted Lasso, which is phenomenal, but we're trying to pace ourselves. Are you, you're still not done, right? No. Okay. We thought we only watched, like, two episodes. We've watched, like, six. It's so, so good. So good. What do you think about this last season? Um, it doesn't feel like a last season. Yeah. They, but... It really ramps up at the end towards, like, you can tell it's closing a, a series. Okay. I mean, I want things to never end, but I'm proud that they got to go almost their own terms like I know it's important yeah and I feel like the whole season is about everybody else other than Ted yes but that's how I felt too it was like I feel like Ted is just like a background character this season and it's like he kind of gave everybody else room to shine which I liked but I don't know it was I don't know if it's my favorite season yeah it felt like they just tried to cram too much into a final season you know yeah, I feel like life. it could have gone to, like, four or five and been fine. I think it should have gone to more. Yeah. Three is too little. There's so much growth that the characters still need to make. And I'm like, I have, like, five episodes left. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you're going to get a lot in those last five episodes. But, Honestly, too much. Have you gone to the, what's the episode where they go to Amsterdam? Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. That I really, really like good. Jamie and Roy's, like, little <laughs> yes. side scamp adventures. That's the thing. Jamie, like. I feel like they're having him grow at a realistic pace. Yeah. And it's like, I wish they could have kept that going. Because then he could have been like the new Roy. Just yeah. like, better balanced. <laughs> I feel like Jamie's character arc is like very well paced. Everybody else, it was kind of like, oh shit, we have to get them wrapped up in a season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Good. What have you been reading, watching, listening to? Um, a coworker lent me a Ruth Ware book. Oh, which one? Um, The It Girl. That sounds familiar. Ruth Ware. She's thrillers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thriller. She wrote in Darkwood. Mm, oh yeah yeah i read that one okay she has wrote is it okay is it written or wrote written right i'd be like she wrote a book or she has written okay she wrote (laughs) she wrought a lot of books (laughs) (laughs) um my least and most favorite thrillers wow yeah turn of the key is ruth Ware, right oh i know i have to read it it's like on my shelf oh my god and then what's your least favorite one the woman in cabin 10 Oh, that was your least favorite thriller? I heard really good things about that one. I just, like, in some ways it was better than, I think there's, like, the last girl that I was reading Club or whatever. Oh, the last, oh, the final girls club? Yeah. Or whatever? Maybe. Okay. There's, like, the final girls and the final oh, girls club. Yes. Okay, there's, like, that Riley Sager one. Yeah. Right? The guy, or no, 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 um, not Riley Sager, um, Grady Hendrix. Okay, it wasn't that one. Okay, that was, like, more of, like, a parody one, I feel like. The and then I feel club. like. Yeah, and then Riley Sager was, like, the final girls, right? Yeah, and I thought it was a girl, but it's a guy. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Riley Sager's a guy? I think so. I totally thought that was a girl, too. Whoever wrote that book was a guy. Mm. But, um, I don't know, it was, like, it was good, but The Woman Cabin 10, I felt like all the best pieces were there. Like, Ruth Ware sets up a book really well. Mm-hmm. It just never got, like, super intense to me. Oh, yeah. I need that in a thrill. I'm not a big thriller person, because, like, Although I am stupid and I can't ever guess the ending. 
I, you're open to everything. I, maybe I'm just open-minded. That's a good way to put it. But, like, I can never guess the ending, and yet I feel like they're super formulaic. So, like, mm-hmm. not being able to guess the ending is not really a point for me because I'll never guess it. But it's, like, I feel like it's just so, like, set up. This is the thing. But when it gets really intense, if I, like, gasp or something, I'm like, okay, I like this as a thriller. Yes. Yeah. God, what was one that I read? There was one that I read last year. I want to say it was a Riley Sager one. I don't remember. But it was, oh God, I can't remember the name of it. But it was, that one was the worst thriller I've ever read. Really? It was like because somebody like couldn't tell if they were hallucinating. I don't like it where it like blurs those lines. Oh my God, that's what this book was by that Riley guy. Oh really? It was like, I don't want to give anything away, but it was like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say it. No, that's okay. Woman in Cabin 10 spoilers, go ahead. Or no, it's the uh, the It Girl spoilers. Oh, other, also more spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so I won't say too much about it. But it was, like, I don't like when part of the mystery is the character, like, having amnesia. Yes. Like, and I feel like... That feels like the cheapest... Yeah. Cheapest thing to do in a thriller. Like, the reason I love Agatha Christie is because almost all of it's there in front of you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's on me because I didn't realize that. Like, but I hate when they're, like... You're learning more as the character remembers more about that night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's not fair. Especially, like, trauma. Yeah. Like, amnesia. I'm like, oh, we... I'm like, so intense. I'm like, we get it. You were almost murdered. <laughs> oh, bummer. Could you be clearer for me, the reader, though? Like, I hate that. It's not a good thriller or mystery thing. Exactly. Like... The first time that that trope was done, probably brilliant. Yeah. The next 7,000, I hate it. It's like a crush. I feel like... I, I've never written a book, but I'm going to... Like, drag some writers to the mud here. <laughs> yeah. It's a crutch. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It is, though. And, like, that's Robert and Ebert. Like, they... I remember, like, in high school, I took this, like, it was some language arts class. And she was saying that, like, they stopped saying that they would give thumbs up to movies where it was like, oh, it was all a dream. Because they were like, it's cheap and it's lazy. And I'm like, like, Inception, done very well. Yeah. Something like that, take a new take on it. But I agree. I feel like I have read so many thrillers where it's like, oh, I blacked out the night of the murder. And it's like, now I'm piecing it together. Maybe people love that. I am so sick of that. Because it's not like I can, I'm just waiting on the character. And I yeah. want to know more than the main character. And that's the thing. It's like thrillers are like you're trying to solve the mystery. Yeah. You're putting yourself in the detective's shoes. You can't unless you're given all the information, you know? I don't like discovering stuff as the character does. We would be such dickhead detectives. <laughs> oh my god! We're gosh. like, sorry babe, know you're a little stressed. Could you give us some answers? And they're like, I don't remember. We're like, try. I feel like you don't want to help. Yeah. <laughs> help us help you. Help me help you, lady. Yeah, it's a good thing we don't work in that field. But as readers, it's so annoying, it's, dude. Okay, can I say one other thing? I yeah. Yeah, about that like certain bodily like reactions people use over and over and I feel like this was oh. used a lot in YA books yes and you might know what I'm talking about it's where they're like I clenched my fist so hard I cut open my palm have you <laughs> ever done that in your life I don't think my fingers could ever push well that you have a baby grip yeah <laughs> me and Sarah try and like do grip tests on each other and Sarah I'm like squeeze as hard as you can and she's like I am I'm like you're definitely not that feels like a baby hand <laughs> But you couldn't, but I couldn't. It's like, how do you think your hand would fit that way? I don't know. We're both trying to, like, squeeze our (laughs) fists right now, and nothing's happening. Also, cut your nails if you keep doing that. Yeah, if you're doing that, maybe, like, get a nail file or something. If it's Bella and 
like um twilight twilight had no palm by the end of it because she literally like <laughs> that is such a weird thing although i did actually cut my palm with a fingernail once the other day oh really i think i like leaned on it but i was like oh my god i'm like that girl oh and my god oh my book. god you have like a little bark yeah but that was really wow. hard to do and, took but, 30 and years. also you like leaned in after <laughs> 30 years and you like leaned into it you're not like stress clenching you yeah. know also calm down yeah like <laughs> Chill out, okay? It's he's just, just, a, just a vampire. Yeah, just a vampire. My God. Yeah, agreed. That was, a, like, even at 15 when I read Twilight, I was like, this is excessive. <laughs> like, at 15, you do feel those big feelings, but I was like, that's a lot. I want a commitment. Do you know what? What? Okay, actually, I don't know if this is for true, for certain. <laughs> you know that lady at Barnes & Noble that we love that gives us the best recommendations? Yes. I the person who recommended me Twilight kind of looked like her. And I don't know if she worked at that Barnes & Noble back then, but she just, like, appeared out of nowhere. I don't know if she truly works there or not. I think she might be a ghost. <laughs> I think she's the ghost of all great authors in the world. In that... a tarot card ordering. Oh, my God. Yeah, she got my first Oracle deck for me. Or she, she helped me pick it out. She designed that whole area. Oh, my God. Did you know that? What can she do? What can't she do? I know. You guys, go to your Vancouver Barnes & Noble. There's this woman that works there. What is her name? I've seen it. And I don't remember it. Like, I look that's at her point. name tag and I'm like, remember? That's, that's why she's a ghost. Because we can't remember her. She just, like, got every recommendation straight fire from her. She usually has her hair dyed different color. Yeah, she has, like, fun hair, like, fun jewelry. Glasses. Glasses. And she pops out of nowhere. My God. I, like, I swear to God, she can sense me when I'm in the store. Like, she'll walk by me and I'll, like, look at her. And then she'll, like, circle back and be like, what can help you find? I'm like, thank God. Thank oh God, you God. angel. I love her. Oh. We should, like, get her something. I know. Just, like, get her, like, chocolates or something. For, like, she has helped us find so many books. And, like, my favorite books. Yes. All the time. Okay. Okay. Go to your Vancouver. Go to Vancouver Barnes & Noble. We love her. <laughs> um, okay, what else? Any other books or anything? Um. Oh, did you spill coffee? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It'll probably try. I'll get a paper towel from Yeah. Um, not that I can think of. No. I've just been, like. Just enjoying freedom. Yeah. I like wine tasting that is sounds gross. Oh no, you're fine. You're you're worrying about that and it's nothing to worry about. Mm. Um I have a finger wart if I'm just wondering. Oh yeah, Sarah put on some finger wart cream. And it's really grossing me out. But only Sarah. I literally can't even see her hand from here. Oh <laughs> John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll talk about what I've been consuming. Okay. First of all, the bear. Oh my god. Oh I my need god. To watch this that. show has its hooks on me in me. Um, it is as good as everyone says it is. I've watched both seasons. I'm on my rewatch right now. I'm already what? rewatching it. Yeah. My dad wanted to watch it. So I was like, sign me up. I'm rewatching it with you. So I'm rewatching it. Um, it's amazing. The whole cast is amazing. Okay. Now this is the thing too. Richie is like, he's the guy, he's the cousin of Carmi. I thought I was going to hate him because he played, like, the most, un- well, one of the, there was a lot of unlikable characters, but one of the most unlikable characters in the HBO show, Girls. Oh, okay. He was, just gave me the heebie-jeebies. I fucking hated this guy. And I saw him in the first episode, and I was like, oh, I'm going to hate him big time. Yeah. All-time favorite character of the show. His okay. character arc is incredible. Think of, like, actually, I'm not even going to say it, because, like, you got to watch it, but it's so good. I'm such a bandwagoner follower. Yeah, bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, if someone loves it, I have to watch it. That's the thing. My, so our friend Andrew was like, "Oh my god, it's as good as everyone says." And like, I feel like our taste in shows don't really overlap that much. But like, he binged the whole series, like the first season in like one night, and so or like one and a half days or something. 
And so I was like, okay, I'll try it. Same thing. I could not get enough of the bear. So the bear is amazing. It's on Hulu. Um, all, I think it's like 18 episodes are out or something like two seasons. Amazing. Um, and a ton of reading lately. That's, you have been reading a lot. Yeah, can you tell I'm job hunting because I'm just reading all day, every day. <laughs> I'm like... Productive procrastination. I am definitely taking my stress out in literature. Uh, but a lot of good books. I am now a romance girl. Crazy. So crazy. I did not think I was going to like romance. And also, okay, I will say some of them, is it's like pretty cheesy. Like some of them are cheesy. But it's so heartwarming. And like, it's just nice because like no matter what, they get a happy, happily ever after. Yeah. Like it's like contractually obligated to yeah. get one. <laughs> like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm trying to think, okay, let me think of the books that I've read like the last month. I've read a couple romances. Emily Henry is the romance person that I started with. Um, I'm reading Seven Days in June right now or Seven Weeks in June. It's a cute title. Yeah. Okay. I'd like, it's one of those books that like you see everywhere, but I had no idea. I didn't even know it was romance. And it's about these two authors who, like, one is a romance writer, one is, like, a literary fiction boy, like, a serious whatever. Um, They're in their 30s, and they dated for, like, a week in high school. Broke each other's heart, and then in their 30s come back together, and they realize that they've been writing to each other through their stories. But hers is, like, vampire Twilight (laughs) kind of thing, and his is, like, super serious. Really good. Um, I read Elliot Page's memoir. Oh, surprisingly good wow like I shouldn't say surprising um because I really like Elliot Page but like it's hard to be an author (laughs) and it's hard like celebrity memoirs not really my thing Mm -hmm. Elliot Page's literally felt like sitting down and like having coffee with a friend for four hours it was so nice love everything he's in like oh my god I can't believe you don't watch the Umbrella Academy I almost started it the other day because of Elliot Page's memoir I was like so is it good? good? Would I, like, like it? You would. Like, you think maybe I wouldn't like because it's kind of, like, weird. Yeah. But it's not. It's feel good. And okay. it's also, like, kind of, like, not creepy or weird, but, like, just artistic. Yeah. Like, oh, I just, I always watch it in the dead heat of summer. I'm, like, hot That's... in their apartment. And okay. <laughs> I was just going to say I only want to watch it in, like, October. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it seems like a fall. Maybe I'll watch it in the fall. Oh, it's so, so good. Okay. And there's so many characters to follow. And, like, Elliot Page, like, talking about, because, like, he was transitioning during the, like, filming of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, he basically, like, had to squeeze in his surgery, like, before the third season. And, like, everyone was so supportive on the set and stuff. So, I was like, it just sounds like a cool cast, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was like, Elliot Page, it's like, you know you think, like, celebrities, like, have it all together? Yeah. Nope, they're just as <laughs> awkward and nervous as us. Like, it just was a just... a job. <laughs> just a job. Yeah, it was just really cool. Um, and then I read, uh, oh, Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead, mm. which I'd heard really good things about. It's by Emily something. I don't remember. You've been reading a lot. Yeah, I have. Because I've been stressed about job hunting. <laughs> it's escapism. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Um, but I read, it's about this girl who's like an atheist lesbian that accidentally gets a job at a Catholic church. I love it. Which sounds like a fun romp of a time, right? Yeah. I was like, funny, funny, fun. No, it's not. Oh, it's dark. Like a dark side of Catholic. Yes. No, 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 no. no. It's oh. not even that. It's like she's like very depressed. And it kind of dips Okay, this is kind of a spoiler if you want to read this book, but it, it also dips its toe in like that psychosis thing of like you don't know what's real. She's like an unreliable narrator, um, which I kind of I gave it four stars because I did kind of like how they did it because I didn't know at one point kind of like it's almost like a murder mystery on accident. Okay, um, but it is she's very depressed and like 
just it's it's a depressing read. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not the way you think the Catholic Church would be. Yeah. <laughs> I know where your brain was going, and it wasn't that. I was very happy to hear that it was a normal church, but um, yeah. And then there was one. Oh, and then I read Foster, which um, literally, if anybody says it's like their favorite book, I have to read it. And somebody on Book Talk was like, "Oh my God, it's the best book ever!" And it was really good. It was like about this little Irish girl. It's very similar to Bomb's upbringing. So like oh. our mom was like in foster care and then got adopted by like an amazing. Well, like not technically adopted but like kind of adopted by this amazing family and that's like what this little girl did in ireland um and it was really good so and it was only like 100 pages it's really short but yeah um oh and then last book oh my god i started today i know thank you again don't (laughs) praise me i'm literally trying to escape my life here (laughs) um but today i started this one called wild problems i think wild problems um and okay, I'm trying to like steer clear of self-help books because I definitely fell down like a self-improvement rabbit hole for like a couple years. And like, it can be too much sometimes. It's hard you, to do everything. You can't fix yourself. You have to just like <laughs> live life. But this is like this book written by this economist. Um, I guess he has a podcast. I've never heard of it. Apparently it's like really popular, but um, it's about like, basically how do you face problems in your life that don't have like a tangible solution or like, okay, so like what's the best road to take to work that's the fastest that has a clear answer should I get married does not have a clear answer and I if you can't tell by the amount of books I've read this month (laughs) I am struggling with what direction to take in life and like it's really really good because it's all about like basically there is no you can't know until you're doing the thing so like if you're scared to like make this career choice or this hobby or this partner you don't know until you get there and like only way to find out is to do it and so and it's more like, I, I know it's ironic to try and find the answer to life in a book about like not being able to do that, but it's more like, I just needed to know that other people are struggling with this. And yeah. like, he literally opens with like Darwin making a pros and cons list about marriage. Like he was like, I don't want to have to like spend time with a, with a wife's family, but like also it's good for your health to not work all the time and have a wife around, you know? Yeah. So, and like, it talks about like Benjamin Franklin, like giving somebody advice on that and like all these different like scientists. So it's like, it's a problem that people have had for ages of wow. like not knowing how to take the next step. And like, did you ever watch everything everywhere all at once? No, I'm going to save it because I want to watch it with you if I ever watch it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I brought it up a thousand times, but that's like kind of the premise of that movie is like, if you don't, Oh, my phone just, like, lit up for no reason. It's, it's the ghost. It's up here. We're, we're recording in an attic right now, um, and we're joking that it's haunted, and it's showing haunted. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, like, kind of the premise. Like, the premise of that movie is, like, if you don't make a choice, like, your life is nothing. All you have to do is make a choice, and then your life becomes something. And, like, boy, am I in the thick of that right now. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, if I can jump in on that. Of like, course, yeah. Something that, I don't know. I got... I don't think I got married young, but mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. you think, I mean. I would say young for our generation. You got married yeah. at like 23? Yeah. That's not super young, but. It's not like 18, but yeah. it's like, if I was getting married now as an adult, knowing what life holds and everything that comes with it, watching my friends get married, I'd be like, oh my God, there's so many choices I have to make. Or if I jump into a new career, like that also, yeah. you know, thumbs me up and I'm like, oh, there's so much to think about. But I think like being married, it's like, it's, you have to choose it every day. And so mm. even if you're like, I don't know how it's going to turn out. It's like, it turns out how you choose it to turn out. Oh, that's good. So, you know, it's like maybe I didn't know what to expect. I guess what I'm trying to say because I yeah. was so young. But it's like you choose it every day. And like it's not, it's better than I could have ever imagined. But it's also like 
you have to want it every yeah. day. And it's a cliche to hear that. So it's like, I've kind of taken that with me into new jobs or new things I want to try. I'm like, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I can guarantee that it's worthwhile no matter what I get into. That's so reassuring. So even if you don't love your job, you're like, I'm going to make this a job I love by yeah. moving into a different role or stuff like that. So. That's, see, that's the thing that I'm having like the problem with is like the line between like career and hobby and what to monetize mm-hmm. and what not to. And like, because I tried for like three years to work for myself and it was like not successful because I didn't really try that hard. Like, it's hard. Working for yourself is really hard and I feel like everything is like monetizable. And mm-hmm. so it's like, but it also was like a really dark time in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I was facing a lot of uncertainty in a million other areas. And like, I think it just like combusted with like uncertainty and job stuff. And so now it's like, I'm going, I was like a freelancer. I tried to do a million different things freelancing and now I'm like trying to go back to a nine to five, but like I feel so limited by a nine to five in like income and time mm-hmm. that I'm like, well, I also want to have something on the side, but I don't want to be working all the time. And it's like, I just feel like there's a million, I'm so jealous of my friends who like know what they want to do. Like a doctor their whole life or something. Oh yeah. Or just like even something they have a dream about. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. And I guess that's, I guess probably more people are dealing with like the whole, like, it's just capitalism. It's like, how do you follow your dream and still make money? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, just like, how do you get insurance? How do you have those boundaries? <laughs> like all that stuff. So it's like, I think what you're saying though, like choosing to do it, I'm trying to have that thing. It's like, it is a leap of faith. And like, it, they, they use a funny metaphor. It was like some author was saying like, you know, if you think about becoming a vampire, you're like only around at night, you're in a coffin. It sounds really depressing, but a lot of vampires seem to really like it in books. Like they seem to speak highly of it. But then it's like, once you become a vampire, your likes and dislikes change. Like you naturally are not, you're going to like narcissists and you're going to like blood. All this stuff. And it's like, it's a stupid metaphor, but she's like, you wouldn't even know what else is out there until you try it. And so, yeah. And so I think just like decide, it's, it's not what you decide to do it's just deciding to do something you yeah. know <sighs> I just like wish there was like a road map of my whole life in front of me but it's so yeah because you're never locked in like with yeah. a job because I was doing like work from home or like trying freelance stuff and then I just got like um or I'm like an office administrator now I was literally just like I gotta get something yeah I, this is one of my fair jobs like I've ever loved it just had every box I needed checked off but I knew that if I got it, I was like, okay, I can replace one thing at a time. So yeah. I also want to own businesses. Like, that's what my master's is in. And yeah. so it's like, okay, instead of jumping in the deep end, how about I, because the time's going to pass anyway, get a job that shows it has stability and then go, okay, I'm going to, you know, I don't have any plans in place, but an example is like, oh, what if I cut down to three quarter or part time and then bring in a business as a yeah. half-time work. And so it's kind of like... Like slowly getting there. Like slowly moving it to where now you have a completely different life because you did one thing at a time. Yeah. So like you're never locked in. I just decided to move one thing at a time. And that's like... I think that's the problem is I have a very like all or nothing mindset. So it's like either I'm working for another company and I'm there forever and that's my whole career. You retire there. <laughs> or I retire there the next job I take. Or I'm like working for myself and it's like I have to be super successful right off the bat and have it be like my biggest passion in life is doing this you know and it's like that I have no sense of balance and like it's I'm it's so hard the only way I've learned it is because being married to a freaking Libra like yeah <laughs> Ben has balance it's just like his entire thing is balance so. Ben is so annoying I know like <laughs> literally like when Ben wants to do a project he just does it like He's so disciplined like I'm not like day and age it's impossible to just do something like he's so good at that so annoying he's a project manager too i'm like i think you were always meant to be it because he's like literally let's just do it like there's no 
whining. They're so complaining. He just... It's like, if we have, like, a moving day and Ben's there, I feel like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, Ben will, like, keep this train chugging along. You and me, we'll peter out quick. If we don't have, like, coffee and snacks, we're goners. I get chicken. Can you go get me a sandwich? And Ben is, like, the best. Ben really is a good project manager. Yeah. Okay. But I see your dilemma, and I'm just trying, like, not trying to give advice. Just trying to be, like, no, you are not alone. And, like, just remember, everything's changeable. Everything's modular. Yeah, I think that's that is part of the problem too. Is I'm so flighty. <laughs> like, I'm like I don't even trust myself to like like something for a long time. You know, it's like, but I think that's, I think too, like, and it, I think I'm I'm trying to find like belonging and purpose and like I don't want I don't need it to be like my life's purpose, but like I just want to have my hooks in something where it's like this matters because. I feel like, especially, like, COVID kind of blew up what matters to people, you know? It, like, we had yeah. to, like, it's kind of, like, a blessing because, like, you get to see what actually matters to you. But it's, like, I just, I'm scared at how little I want to stick with stuff. And so I'm, like, I want to find something that I want to stick with. And, like, I need money to not be the motivating factor because it, like, won't bring you happiness in the end, you know? It's, no. like, we know that. And yet, <laughs> yes. my brain is, like, well, I can't do that job because that makes no money, you know? Yeah. So stay tuned for that journey, y'all. I'm... <laughs> I'm lost out here in this world. But, like, you just got to start trying stuff, you know? I was ready to, like, my second day after when I started training, I was like, this is hard. I don't like it. My job. Yeah. And then I was like, but I literally have to. And so yeah. I was just like, okay, well, I can do this for, like, a few hours a day. And then I loved it because I just stuck with it for one more week. Yeah. I was like, you never know. That I think that's, like, the magic in it. It's like, literally, if I – any of these things that I had started, if I just hadn't given up, I would have been successful. <laughs> it's not – literally every – like, and that's so cheesy, but, like, literally everything. If you just, like, sit with the hard stuff, it gets easier, you know? That was the one message because, like, my – master's in entrepreneurship and like it's kind of like a business yeah it's like, it's like an mba kind of thing yeah it's like the closest thing they compare it to but it's like the biggest message in literally every class no matter what it was was just show up yeah. every day they're like put in i don't know 60 percent effort you don't have to do 100 percent, but if yeah. you show up every single day for yourself or for whatever you're working towards like you will just the rest will fall away yeah they'll lose interest and so that's so true that's a good message I just want to know what I'm supposed to show up I know, for. me too. Oh, it's so annoying. I don't want to have any wasted effort. I know. And, like, that's the whole point of this book. It's, like, you don't know and you won't know until you just try something. And make it work for you. Make nothing a wasted effort. Yeah. Oh, true, true, true. All right. Are we ready to jump into the meat? How long? Uh, yeah. We've already been going at it for, like, a while. Wow. This is going to be a long episode. So yeah. grab a snack if you haven't. Grab a drink. Um, let's dive into this next part. Let's do it. Okay, so for this week, what we're going to do, me and Sarah, we're trying something. Well, we're not even trying something different. We're just, I think each week is different at this yeah. point. Um, but we're each doing a deep dive into a topic that we're interested in, and we're going to share, a, like, something about that with each other. So we're going to, like, tell a story about something that we could do deep dives in. So do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, what do you have in mind? Um, okay, how dark is yours? Not very dark and probably a little shorter. Okay, maybe you start. Okay. Okay, so Sarah, what are you going to educate me on this week? Kimmy, I'm going to educate you on the Duggars. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so, I don't know if a lot of you have seen it, but um, it's my, I think it's Shiny Happy People mm-hmm. came out on Amazon Prime. It's four episodes long with a bonus episode, and it is... Nice. Why not just say five? I know. <laughs> if you're literally like a mini series, shut up. Just have it five episodes. I literally bought socks history in a pack and I was like ten crossed out plus two. I'm like 
That's a 12-pack. As a normal pack of socks. Don't act act like this is a bonus for me. (laughs) 10 would be weird. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, that's what I'm wearing. Hanes, baby. Oh, nice. I'm wearing Wranglers. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Um, Okay, so it's Shiny Happy People, and I'm curious to see who else is on. i got to be honest, I couldn't finish it this week. Okay, that's okay. So I felt bad, but... Sarah also had a procedure done. Yeah. And she was trying to watch it, and she was, like, throwing up during it. It So... I'm, not, I'm fine. It was a colonoscopy, everybody. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it was... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to like throw oh, no. <laughs> Sarah had a colonoscopy this week. But that it, the prep is apparently very intense. Because I didn't listen to our dad who yeah. told me to get Sue prep. Yeah. Which is apparently like way easier. Gentler like, on your system. Eight ounces. I had to drink this freaking gallon side stuff. I threw it back up the next morning. <laughs> Sarah didn't just throw it up. Sarah projectile vomited into a sink. Like she couldn't make it to the top. It was so funny because our dad was like, oh, how's Sarah's prep going? I'm like, oh, she said it's not bad. And like two hours later, Sarah was like, like exorcism, (laughs) vomiting across the house. I didn't get, people were like, oh, the prep's so bad. I'm like, well, okay, like going to the bathroom part. That honestly wasn't bad. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I didn't know I'd get so nauseous. And dad was like, oh yeah, that's why you drink the stuff I tell you to drink. Why do we never listen to our parents? Our parents, no. That was a flavor preference. And I was like, ah, lemon's fine. Whatever they gave me. (laughs) No, no. It was a gallon of the devil's. Like, it was horrible. God. And you were, like, nauseous for, like, 12 hours or something? Oh, my God. Yeah. That sucks. So, yeah. Kitties. So, when Sarah, you get- <laughs> Yeah. So, listen. when you Call our dad if you need to get a colonoscopy. He'll tell you what to drink. <laughs> but I am completely fine. It was yeah. internal hemorrhoids, I guess, which everybody gets. And the nurse said not enough people talk about it. Uh, truly. So, drink let's, water. Let's take a moment for hemorrhoids, you guys. Yeah. Stand up when you're sitting at a desk. Drink a lot of water. Adjust your fiber as needed. Eat more fiber. And don't be afraid. People, everybody has hemorrhoids. Yeah. Apparently, she was like, yeah. Because my doctor was like, it's most likely that. But, yeah. like, why not test? Yeah. If you're You've unsure. got insurance. Get it. Get why it. not get violent diarrhea <laughs> and projectile vomiting just to confirm it's hemorrhoids? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh but I'm glad God. that you're good. It helps <sighs> to check. You never know. You yeah. know? Our cancer runs in our family like crazy. So, yeah, we got to check. Like, I'd rather know. And, like, honestly, if I would have taken the correct stuff, it wouldn't have been a bad experience. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dad, he's probably like, ha, 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 child, I told you. <laughs> and I always listen to our parents, like always. I know. That's See, funny. I don't, and then it comes back to bite me in the ass immediately, like half the time. Uh, so yeah, I was trying to watch. I had this other yeah. documentary lined up. I was like, I'm gonna feel awful that night. But then, like, the themes got so dark that I started to feel nauseous on top of feeling nauseous. That's a rough thing to watch when you're already feeling sick. So, for some reason, I was watching, I was texting Kimmy, I was like, I'm watching Korean street food videos. That (laughs) heals you. Stuff like that, like, like, um, Korean or Japanese 7-Eleven hauls. I can watch that all day, every day. That is my jam. You think, like, food would make me nauseous, but all I wanted was food. I was starving. And so, my brain was like, eat food. I'm like, the best I can give you is food videos. (laughs) All I can do is watch mukbangs. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, um, I tried watching it. Oh, yeah, Duggars, so. Okay, yeah. So, tell me, for those who don't know, who are the Duggars? The Duggars are a, I think they're Southern Baptist. They follow the Bill Gothard. Okay. Religion kind of thing. Cult. Cult. It's not a sect. Like, I learned a lot more about Bill Gothard in this one, because I heard it, but I didn't know what it was. Um, so the Duggars used to live in Arkansas. Um, their dad, Jim Bob, actually ran for the house. I think he was like a, yeah, congressman or something. Yikes. Imagine Jim Bob making laws about your body. Well, you know what else happened with that? Well, sidetracked. So their oldest son, Josh, and if people don't know about Josh, he's oh, the yeah. one that like molested people and got caught. I think on Molested his sisters. His sisters got caught on like child abuse videos or yep. child pornography, whatever it's called. So 
he would go with his dad to the, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the state capital, well, state capital of yeah. Arkansas. And he loved going there. And all the senators and all the congressmen were like, this guy's a little governor. That's what they would call him because he's got what it takes. And I'm like, he sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Funny you should mention, he is a creepy asshole. He is governor potential. I'm sorry, but if anyone called my kid a little little governor, I'd be like, I'm putting this kid up for adoption. (laughs) This kid sucks if that's the vibe you get. This kid, I know, and he loved it. Yikes. And it was like really bad, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. The Duggars, they used to... So the Bill Gothard method or whatever was supposed to be like a way to help you solve your problems. And a lot of people were like struggling with their families and their kids. They didn't know how to like, you know, they were fighting with their kids and all this stuff. And they were like, oh my gosh, this Bill Gothard method is awesome. Because I don't know if you've ever seen like Mormon, I think it's like Mormon booklets or like, basically it's like, here's how to cut your hair. I don't think North Korea has the same thing. Not to draw comparisons, but it's like... Oh, draw those comparisons. (laughs) Listen up, people. It's like... If your church is telling you how to cut your hair, Mm -hmm. let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. (laughs) Maybe ask a friend if this is normal. Yeah, and they're like, here's how to, you know, cut your hair. Here's how... And maybe it was, like, to look the best, but also it was, like, to, like, have, like, a clean and wholesome appearance. And they were like, here is, like, six women, like, drawing them and, like, honestly, none of them were revealing outfits, in my opinion. But they're like... Where does the where do the eyes go? I'm like, this is a bad outfit. This is a good outfit. Whoa. So they wore these big old dresses, and that's what the Duggars first started dressing like. Yeah. When Discovery Health first did a documentary on them, because they were trying to do like um, little one offs okay. documentaries, and they heard about this family. I think oh, because Jim Bob was in Congress or whatever it's called. Like, what's the House Representative? I think it's that one. It's like beneath Senate. Was he, like, a congressman? I think... Or, like, a state senator or something? I wasn't, like, a senator, but it was, like, beneath it. Can you tell that I got a D in political oh science God, the first thanks. time? <laughs> I got such a bad grade the first time I took that. But the Clark political science class is Mr... Sp- Speroni or something? Yeah, if he still teaches it, that's a great class. He was great, it's hard, yeah. But anyway, so he was in the news because okay. he won the election, and they had a picture of his little family all in a row walking into this state capitol and that's how discovery health saw them oh like we want to do a one-hour special on you and then they wanted to do another special now there's a baby born and then there was a christmas special and it wasn't actually december when they filmed it they had to like pretend it was christmas oh weird and the family like they were interviewing cousin amy okay yep and they were like it was real but they would just have you walk in 20 times to get the right shot oh okay so like when people were talking that was fine yeah but it, it was, was just like, like the setup of the scene yeah okay and like so, what the kardashians used to be yes yeah so it was like super fake and so it was like that's how it got started and people discovery health i think turned into tlc and okay. the tlc became known as like instead of the learning channel it was like the leering or some channel where you just wanted to get a peek on people's lives you know yeah. like there was the hoarder stuff there was like my 600 pound life there was the sister wives and all yeah things. So that took off, and 19 Kids and Counting started. And then, like, um, there was, like, the Bates got their own channel. Like, all these Bill Gothard families. Oh, because the Bates were, like, that family that they were friends with, right? Yeah. And they're, like, another Bill Gothard, like, sector of the church. Yeah. Okay. And it was, like, United States of Bates or United... All these, like, really American... Yikes! Like that. But basically, I haven't watched a whole series, but I think where they're going to lead is that, like, the Duggars were, like, the poster child for the Bill Gothard method. Oh. And then all these other shows started to be like, yes, 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 and, like, trying to get them into the mainstream. Dang. So, like, I, I should have finished the documentary, but I didn't. But they started to get into, like, Josh's stuff. 
And it was like real bad. And <clears throat> there was this family that they were interviewing, and Josh and this girl, because they like were all in the Gotham method, and they I think they have since left. Okay. This family friend. Um, Josh left the method, or like their friend. Their friends left. It. Okay, I was like, so, I feel like they're still drinking that Kool Aid oh, pretty hard. For sure, yeah. Because sorry. Anna's like standing by her man and everything, which is nuts. It's okay. So like, yeah, the Jim and Michelle. Okay. Are the Duggar parents? Okay. And they had um, parents who were friends, like another couple. Their daughter and Jim and Michelle's son Josh, they were like each other's first girlfriend and boyfriends. Mm. And they were like being really serious, but then that family heard about Josh's pass yeah that came out and they were like oh my god jim bob were you not going to tell us about this like well we're going to have him confess to your daughter after they were married what that she had molested girls and was having this problem okay if you want to wait for sex for marriage that's one thing yeah. don't wait to admit your crimes like your yeah. sex crimes Till after you're married. And he's like, I'm sorry, you're going to dangle my daughter like a carrot for Josh. Like, stay on the right path. And they're, they're like, like yeah. yeah. That's what he said. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, my basically. God. Then it happened, like, I think from the camp of Josh was struggling again with this. And, like, the dad of the daughter was like, okay, this marriage or this relationship's off. Good. Good for those Josh. parents. Yeah. They're like, you need to do something about Josh now because it's going to be a problem. And, like, you're in Congress. If this comes out that you didn't do anything, it's going to look so bad on You'll you. be like just all the other congressmen. Yeah. <laughs> You might get a promotion, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so, Jim's like, no, no, you're right. Like, I'm going to take him down to the station. Do you want to come with? And he's like, absolutely, let's go. Because this guy's like... He was drinking the Bill Gothard Kool-Aid, but at least he had, like, better morals. Yeah, he, know? like, knew that that wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, they go down the station, and the sheriff was like, okay, I'm going to let you go this time. But if it ever happens again, we're going to come down on you. And then the guy was like... And I found out later that it was a friend of Jim Bob's, the sheriff was. <gasps> so, he was just doing that for show. Oh my show. god. Jim Bob is such a fucking dick. I know. Because this is the thing. When I've, I haven't watched as much as Sarah has. Um, like, I don't... Like, I just know, like, the TLC stuff. Like, I've seen, like, a bunch of episodes. But I just remember there was, like, this scene where, like, they were in a store buying clothes. And, like, you know those, like, kids' toys that, like, make music or whatever? Like, a little sing-along book or whatever. Like, there was, like, a little toddler who was, like, pressing the button and playing. And he's, like, now, now. And it was, like, a children's songbook. Yeah. And he's, like, we can't have them dancing because, you know, it's not very Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're, like, lying your ass off <laughs> to... I mean, I get... I, I'm not, like, justifying it. I understand when parents do stuff to protect their children. Yeah. But, however, that child was endangering their other children. Like, and this is something that, like, you need to seek professional help with if this happens. Not dangle a wife in front and like yeah. lie to her family you're like listen this is reality yeah it happens and but you have to deal with it yeah you know and you cannot blindly protect like you're you're putting everyone at harm when you're doing this shit to josh you know and josh is like you know struggling and he's a teenager and it's like you're supposed to be the parent who guides them yeah and it's like all they did was send him off to this camp this bill gothard type camp where boys who are struggling with anything and everything, got yeah. sent to them to just build houses. They told everybody who's doing missionary work. Oh my god! So they sent him off there, but then Jim Bob watered him home for his birthday. So he's like, "Can he come home for a quick trip?" And then they just kept him home. Oh they didn't finish the program. Whatever program. Jim Bob, it was. if you're listening to this, you <laughs> suck. You <laughs> suck so bad. It's like there were clear steps to take. If and like, yeah. no one's per- like families aren't perfect. Yeah, you can't have that. And like, it came out bad. Like they, yeah. they saw that he did nothing during the time. So. Well, and like this is the thing. Nobody expects anybody's family to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We're not judging them for having problems. We're judging them for being 
people that are so hypocritical and yeah. judgmental of every I mean from what I remember weren't Jim and Michelle like part of campaigns that were like anti-LGBT and were like they were calling people's houses to like campaign for these people to be like don't vote for gay people to get married like <sighs> meanwhile doing this kind of stuff like <coughs> okay <laughs> cinnamon oh no <laughs> <coughs> we put cinnamon in our coffee and I got to the chunk of cinnamon. Oh, no. <laughs> she said cinnamon challenge. <laughs> but, yeah, so. That's crazy. I, yeah, so sorry to kind of jump in the deep end, but that's what the first two episodes were kind of leading up to is the whole Josh thing. Yeah. And their background and, like, the daughters, like, Ginger, uh, Ginger, Jana. Jill, Jessa, and Jana. They're all kind of, like, becoming more modern, mm-hmm. you know? And, like. There's that one, Derek and what's her name? Jill. Jill. They're, like, the whistleblowers of this family. They're, yeah. like, out of the whole cult thing. That's the two who were on the documentary so far. They're on it? Yeah. They oh, were, like, I gotta them. watch it. It's good. And then I know Ginger wrote a book. Really? Um, but she was, like, also on the Kirk Cameron, oh. like, podcast. But I think she's still kind Can't of Can't really it. trust anybody who's affiliated <laughs> with Kirk Cameron. He's kind of nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, can I tell you a fun fact? Oh, yeah. I don't remember which Duggar kid it was, but one of the Duggar kids got married, and on his registry, he put, like, gift cards to, like, the Cheesecake Factory or something. <laughs> If you're getting married at like 17, because he was like 17 or 18, like you fucking would. <laughs> but I love that. I'm like, honestly, when I get married, I'm like, I kind of want a gift card to like Outback or something, you know? That would be something that's not mine, probably. That, like, <laughs> people don't think about that, but that sounds nice. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't have a ton about it, but like that's where it kind of ended. Fascinating. But I didn't know about the whole Congress side of it. I didn't know yeah. about like. Now, is Bill Gothard still alive? I don't know. I don't he think so. He seems like Warren Jepps, kind of. Or Jeffs, whatever that guy's name is. For as many Mormon stuff as I watch, I don't know if it's Jepps or Jeffs. we got to figure that out because we <laughs> reference him a lot. I, I know. don't know. But I don't think he's alive because I only saw videos from, like, the 80s. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Maybe he could be. It's so crazy how, like, Scientology and fundamentalist Mormons and this Southern Baptist, like... Those leaders all give off the same vibes. And it's like, they're, I mean, I know, I know that's how cults work and stuff. But, like, the following that they amass is insane. But, like, don't you kind of wonder, like, would they amass the same following today, talking as they did in the 70s and 80s? Like, they had this, they all had the same accent. Yeah. And, like, this old-timey kind of talk where it's like it's like on the radio maybe they're trying to like sound like they can yeah. be heard better but I feel like a cult leader nowadays would speak differently yeah I don't know what do you think on that I do I feel like I know exactly like the kind of like way that they speak but I almost wonder what things in like social media are becoming cults right now that we you don't know? realize like TikTok people or like they and it's like I heard somebody say like we're becoming the generation where it's like, you know, our parents believed everything on Facebook. It's like, we're that TikTok generation. Yeah. We're like, I literally, I'm, I see one TikTok and I'm like, well, that's gotta be true. Cause there's like a hundred thousand likes on it. You know, like, I just wonder what our cults of tomorrow are starting today as, you know? Yeah. Because I see these cult leaders or like Bill Gothard or all this stuff. I'm like, he wouldn't get me. He wouldn't grab me. Yeah. Like, I'm not like buying what he's selling i'm not like he's not having this presence that impresses me yeah. but i think back in the day maybe it was just a different also it's in the south i feel like mm. that like where they're from arkansas yeah i feel like when you're like inundated with it when you're like raised in it and around it and like how do you not drink the kool-aid when yeah. that's who you grow up with you know it's like sister wives yeah like the women on that show were like oh my mom was a sister wife oh my parents had a plural marriage like 
they grew up around it so it was normal to them and then once they step outside of that they're like oh this is not a normal way to have a marriage you know that's so true i love sister wives though cody is nuts (laughs) cody's the fucking worst dude they're all all those women i think like except for rob and the newest wife are all divorced from cody i feel like they're gonna murder him one of them is gonna do it or cody's gonna murder himself that dude is (laughs) nuts that man like the taller his hair goes like the crazier he gets no you're fine i'm just moving the phone Okay, well, great story. Thank you. I apologize all over the place, but it was just... Oh, my gosh, no. Halfway I, through. Yeah, I can't wait to see how this ends. I gotta watch. And it's on Amazon? Yeah. Okay, I'm excited to watch. Good. Shiny, happy people. Okay, we're taking a sharp left turn. Did I'm, you see the title? No, I didn't. I had my notes out, and then I yelled at Sarah for looking at it, <laughs> even though she wasn't. Um. Okay, so this is where Sarah loves cults. I love Jurassic Park. Oh! So we are doing a deep dive into one of my favorite films, Jurassic Park. Oh my god, I love it. Now, I completely ripped off all of my notes from an episode of Movies That Made Us on Netflix. Great. If you haven't watched that show, it's fantastic. It will make you want to jump into any project because it's like all about how movies are made and like all the craziness that goes on that you don't see how a film gets made. Fascinating. So all of my notes come from that. Um... And per- so now let's start. Sarah, tell me about your personal experience with Jurassic Park. Have you seen it? Have you read it? What do you know of it? I have only seen the first one. Okay. But you have seen the first one, right? I have. Okay. Um, I know, like it scared me so bad. Really? That I haven't seen any since. And I did watch a little video of a pug that was dressed up as a <laughs> A dinosaur, and they put him in like a little cardboard Jurassic Park like fencing, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's so funny!" And I was like, "Like all that thing." Yeah. I, like I had a Jurassic Park nightmare. What? That night that happened recently. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> my only experience with Jurassic Park was I watched it once before Ben and I even dated. I was in high school. Wow. And he would not stop playing with this Bart Simpson Rubik's cube in the corner, and like. <laughs> oh, like you were watching it with Ben. With Ben and our friend Chelsea and Ricky, I think. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, kept like glaring at him. I was like, stop playing with that Rubik's Cube. I'm like, <laughs> so Sarah, okay, that, I think is maybe is that why you hate Jurassic Park? Because <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> yeah, because Sarah is like not a Jurassic Park person and I feel like you would be. I feel like it ticks your boxes. I loved dinosaurs as a kid. You were obsessed with dinosaurs. It's a sciencey one. It's like a fun thriller. But it's scary. Like, I don't like thriller in movies. Okay. Like, I don't but, like sadness. So it was like your crush was ignoring you and playing with a Rubik's Cube, and that's why you were angry. I feel like that had to have shaped your opinion of the movie. I was like, I don't want to be here. Then the guy I'm, like, in love with is across the room being annoying, playing on a Rubik's Cube. That is such a Ben thing, too. He's, like, in his own world, like, playing with, like, a Simpsons Rubik's Cube, and you're like, now you're married. You've had, a, like, a decade of marriage under your belt. You got him. You're good. I still stare at him when he makes too much noise, so... Yeah. So funny. Okay, so that's my experience. Okay, not great. So not great. <laughs> but I, that's why I was like, I felt kind of bad doing this because I know you don't love it. But I'm like, I think you'll like it more after hearing about how it was made. I love your love for it. I love Jurassic Park. <laughs> so I was not allowed to watch Jurassic Park as a kid. Mm. Um, I was actually talking to my dad about this, and so I had a Jurassic Park watch from like Burger King that I loved. <laughs> I thought I was hot shit when I was five. I was like, I can't watch it, but I can tell the time on it. <laughs> love it. Um. Dad said, okay, so he said when he saw Jurassic Park, he loved it so much that he immediately bought the VCR when it came out, but they kept it on top of the fridge because they were like, if the girls grab it and watch it, it will scare them, which is funny that you say it scared you in high school because I didn't think it was scary, but I was 18 when I watched it. So I was 16, so. Yeah. (laughs) Old enough to know they're not real, but, um, 
Okay, so I, yeah, the first time I saw it was when it came back in theaters when I was, like, 18. I, like, bought a ticket, saw it by myself, absolutely loved it. Huh. Love, love, love. And I read the, have you read the book? No. I read the book. Michael, our parents were big Michael Crichton people. Yeah. Rest in peace, King. Love him. I was like, they're still here. No, (laughs) not my parents. (laughs) My parents are, like, 10 minutes away. No, uh, Michael Crichton. So, okay. So let me tell you the story about how Jurassic Park was made. Okay. It was a fun ride. (laughs) Okay, um, so... This started because Michael Crichton had... Now, if, for those of you who don't know, he was a doctor who became a writer. Wow. Um, or he went to med school. I don't know if he, like, became a doctor. But super, super smart guy. Ton of medical knowledge. Very scientific. Fell in love with creative writing. He hated the commercialization of genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. So when we started doing things like in vitro fertilization, there was, like, talk that we could do this with dinosaurs. Like, it, I don't even know if it was, like, happening, but, like, he had read something. And he thought that this was, like... Basically, his belief was what Jurassic Park taught us, was like, don't play God with, <laughs> with like things like dinosaurs. And so he hated this. And so in the 80s, he had started to write a screenplay about this kind of concept, but like put it on the back burner. He was like, ah, it's not for me right now. And he did have a screenplay for a movie for Emergency Room. Did not get picked up, but then Spielberg picked it up. Um, and it became the show ER, like the huge success ER. Oh, is that like Grey's Anatomy? It's like, yes, that's like father. the predecessor to Grey's Anatomy. So, um, he, like, oh, oh, he wrote the original um screenplay for Westworld. No, you know the Westworld show yeah. that we have. He wrote the original one. Yeah, super prolific guy. Also, oh god, there was like this other one that he wrote. I forgot, but anyway, um. So he started to write this one about dinosaurs, put it on the back burner, was working on ER with Spielberg. Huge, huge, huge hit. Spielberg, just like off the cuff, had asked him, hey, are you working on any other projects? Like, I really like working with you. And he was like, oh, I kind of had this thing about a dinosaur. And Spielberg was a huge dinosaur nerd. So he was like, fuck yeah, we're funding it. And like everybody on board was like, Michael Crichton, Spielberg, dinosaurs. Like what can go, like this is the perfect formula. Like, so Spielberg was a huge dinosaur nerd. Did he write the book already? So I... I think the way they said it was it had started to become a screenplay and then he went back and wrote a book. Okay. And then it became a movie. So I think it kind of went backwards. He might have had the book first, um, but it was like once Spielberg signed on, he basically finished all the writing and was like, okay, we're going on to that. So Spielberg, huge dinosaur fan. Um, and now they had this problem. So like any, think about any dinosaur movie up until Jurassic Park, it looked like shit. Like mm-hmm. it was claymation or stop motion or like just super cheesy props. They didn't know how to do this. Um, but Steven Spielberg had seen... And also, I'm going to say, this movie had a ton of King Kong influence. Hmm. Like, King Kong kind of, like, shaped this movie. Um, and Spielberg saw the King Kong, like, giant thing at Universal Studios. And he was like, that's easy. We can do this as a dinosaur. So that was, like, their mission was, like, giant animatronic dinosaurs was going to be this. Which... Now, think about Jurassic Park. What do you think the Jurassic Park dinosaurs are? The T-Rex? Or, like, um, the, like, what do you think made them? Like, oh. do you think it was, like, robots or puppet? Like, what would your guess be? I guess I always thought it was, like, very simple kind of robots. Or, like, you could move with your hand with, like, mm-hmm. rubbery outside. Okay. It's a combination of many things you're going to learn. They, like, kind of changed their artistic process throughout. And it's, like, a really fun ride. Um, so, they, they, like, saw the robotics thing. And they are like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So he contacted the team who worked on the Alien movies. And he was like, you guys are qualified for this. This is what we're going to do. And then they started building it. And they were like, each dinosaur would be nine tons of hydraulics. 
which is like a logistics nightmare and very, very unsafe and very expensive. So like, we can't do that. Um, so then what they decided to do was do um, stop motion animation instead with clay. So they hired this guy who was like doing really realistic stuff with clay and like making these dinosaurs. And then they explain this whole thing called motion blur. So do you have any idea what motion blur is? Because I didn't. Uh-uh. Okay, so like, let's say you like punch a guy in a movie, okay? We see on camera your arm kind of blur. Like if you try and pause a movie, you can see the blur on screen. Yeah. When you do something like stop motion, everything is a clean cut. And so you don't get that. And so no matter how realistic it looks, it looks like shit. Like it looks phony is what they said. So they had a team that was the claymation guy. And then they hired George Lucas's, like two guys from George Lucas's company, like what is like Lightroom Magic, whatever that company is, um, that only did motion blur. So this guy would build like a clay dinosaur, do stop motion animation, and then they would come in and blur it and make it look realistic. And it was going fine. Um, hang on, I'm going through my notes. Um, okay, one dinosaur was three tons of clay to make one dinosaur. Oh my god. How big were they? Huge. Like dinosaur size. Like they were trying to make them, well like some of them were like smaller, but like the actual ones that they wanted to have on set were like tons and tons and tons of clay. Um, Like in the claymation studio, they literally had to take the roof off of their building to put a dinosaur in. Oh my god. Because they were like, we can't even fit him in here. So it was like this huge undertaking. Imagine the budget on this, okay? It's Spielberg. You're dealing with tons and tons of clay. It's crazy. Um, And the two guys that were from... Now, okay, these guys were a cast of characters. <laughs> so, like, okay, you know the guy on Guardians of the Galaxy that has, like, the triangle haircut in the middle? Yeah. This dude straight up had that haircut. And he had, like, <laughs> army clothes on. Like, he was, like, a badass. This guy was a little... A little much, I'll say. He was like the, like, he literally got fired from George Lucas's company three times or suspended three times for not following the rules. He was kind of a mess. And then at the end, it was like kind of sad because he, he will change, he changed the face of cinema, I will say. This man's amazing. But at the end, he was like, you know, the divorces and the not coming home to work on dinosaurs. It was worth it. I was like, maybe it wasn't. Because <laughs> he doesn't seem very happy in his life right now. He's kind of a, like a hot mess. But anyway. So these guys were told that they were just in charge of blurring. Like it was computer graphics. They were doing motion blur. They could not do full dinosaurs out of CGI. And they were like, fuck that. We're doing it. And so, but in secret. So basically the claymation guy was working on the dinosaur months and months and months of production on this dinosaur. These guys would come in and do the motion blur, but him and his friend were like, but low key, we're actually going to be trying to do a CGI dinosaur because nobody had done it before. And it was like, it was totally uncharted territory. So they, um, they were told they couldn't do it. And, uh, in secret, it took them five months to get one, like 10 second clip of a skeleton of a dinosaur walking. Like they could figure out the bones. They couldn't figure out the muscle and the skin. It was literally on the computer. It was like five months of work in secret. And they knew that, like, oh, now think about how much money, th- three tons of clay for one dinosaur, right? And there's, like, how many dinosaurs in the movie? Yeah. Think about how much money and time that takes in production. And you have, like, filming time. So they're, like, there's no way that they're going to approve this, but we got to try it. So what they do is they ambush one of the producers into watching it. So, like, <laughs> in their studio, it was, like, I can't remember. It's, like, I ICM or something. Whatever George Lucas's... Um, like Lightroom and Magic Company, his production company, they have like a screening room. And so they bring these two guys, 
bring this producer in and they're like, okay, we're like showing you shots from this movie, but they secretly put in the Jurassic Park tapes. <laughs> and she immediately was like, okay, we can like, what is this? Like we could probably do something with this. Oh my God. So then what sucks is they fire the claymation guy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like worked like, and he, like he said, he was like my, e-, they interviewed him and he was like, my ego got in the way of this because like, I didn't see the magic that they were doing. And, like, Aww. I was, like, butthurt. But good news is he got brought back on for consultation. So he did have some of his work in there. And, like, he was in charge of, like, how the dinosaurs moved and stuff. Um, so they finally get – also, these guys, in the meantime, get, like, secret seed money to fund their claim, their CGI stuff. So they're still working on it. Um, and they want, like, the skeleton to actually have, like, skin and muscle and stuff. Because, like, they can't show George Lucas and – Spielberg and Crichton like bones they're like that's not we we could do better with claymation like we have to have something so they're getting funding secretly behind George Lucas's back to get this and then finally I think it was that producer the the Kathleen the one that had seen it they sat um George Lucas Spielberg and like a couple other big producers in the room and they showed them like a five minute clip of the dinosaur walking um with CGI like completely CGI one of the decision makers got up out of his seat and ran out of the studio to like call and change everything. Like what that's when they, they fired the claymation guy, everything to like redirect. Cause he was way. like, fuck, we are so far into production and like, we have to do it this way. Like it's so much better than what we have. Oh my God. Yeah. And like Spielberg was like, jaw was on the floor. Lucas, everybody was like, okay, this is like the future of film. And it totally was oh like, my this God. was like the <laughs> biggest thing in that. So, um, he comes, like, the claymation guy, they bring him back for, like, references or whatever. Um, and, okay, so now, where does it, it takes place on, like, the island of Nebula or something, I think. Some random thing. And if you notice the Jurassic Park gates, they're almost, not identical, but they're very, very similar to the King Kong gates. Because Spielberg saw those, like, the 1933 movie, and he was like, I want those gates. So they basically, like, did that with Jurassic Park. Um, and they do it in Hawaii and they start filming and like, they were going to go to Costa Rica and then everybody was like, but the hotels are so comfortable in Hawaii. <laughs> so they just like went to Hawaii because they're like, that actually sounds a lot more fun for like our casting crew. And if you remember in Jurassic Park, they're building the park while they're coming. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like the guys, like grandkids come and the scientists come and stuff and they're coming and everything's like under construction. That was not in the script. They just ran out of money and time. Oh my god! So everything was like actually under construction. Like so, the scaffolding you see, they literally just left it there. They're like, we're just gonna put actors up there and pretend that we're building it because like we don't have the time or the money to make this work because they were so back on like they had to change everything to CGI five months into the process or whatever. Oh my god! So that is totally all fake stuff. Um, and they do have one dinosaur that they're actually feeling on set. So like 99% of the dinosaurs are um, like stand-ins or people are CGI. But in the very beginning, you know where they put their hands on the triceratops and it's yeah. like breathing? That's a puppet. So it's a giant thing. Um, but it's a puppet. And like they literally had people in the hole underneath like making it blink and stuff. And everyone said like even the actors felt like it was a real dinosaur. Like they did like such a good job with that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then the CGI guys were, like, trying to figure out how dinosaurs walk because, like, they couldn't get their motions down. I had no idea CGI was even around. 
at yeah, the time. Yeah, it kind of barely wasn't. Wow. Like, it was so, 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 like, archaic at this point that these guys were, like, working insane hours. Um, also, it's kind of sad. The claymation guy, like, literally got, like, super sick after he got fired. Like, he, Cancer? like... No. Oh. <laughs> like, pneumonia or something. Oh. Because, um, like, he was so depressed and he, like, couldn't get out of bed for, like, weeks and stuff. Oh, but, like, no. it, like, really emotionally hit him. But he came back. It was all fine. Um, your life's work is, like, oh, I found a new technology is better. Right? They're, like, and, like, they kind of said, like, it's kind of the movie where it's, like, look what science can do. And then he's, like, <laughs> man. Like, I was doing that first. But, um, so the CGI guys all, like, they couldn't figure it out. Like, what they were doing wrong with the movements. So they took a movement class to learn how dinosaurs move and they like literally recorded themselves and then would put it on screens while they were animating around the room so they could like, and you know, like the raptors have like those tiny little arms. Yeah. So they would like, they, they showed a picture of like 10 animators in a parking lot in like Burbank, <laughs> like with their like little raptor arms running around, like chomping at the air, pretending to be raptors and like running out of a building and how would they interact with cars and like all the sets and stuff. And so they show these 10 guys, like, one of the lead animators, they all jump over, like, a parking meter in, like, some parking lot, and he biffs it. Like, he literally trips and falls, and he breaks his drawing arm, and he couldn't work. Oh, no! So, like, one of the lead animators, like, broke his arm for, like, pretending to play dinosaurs, so they could see it. So they hire like, some actors to do that. Yeah, I know. They're, like, really going all in on this project. Um... So, anyway, they're filming, and they do half the movie in Hawaii, the other half in, like, Los Angeles. Um... And on the day before they're supposed to leave, a hurricane hits Hawaii. And it's devastating. I didn't think got hurricanes. I didn't either. Like, I always think of that as, like, oh, like, hurricane force winds or whatever. No, they had, like, a full-ass hurricane. Right the day before they're supposed to leave. And um, Sam Neill, I think is the actor, the, the main guy, he, they had him on the documentary. And he was like, oh, I literally, like, Laura Dern looked at me and she's like, are we going to die today? And he's like, we might die today. Like, we je- he was like, it felt like the apocalypse outside. It was super scary. Um, and this hurricane comes, they're like sheltering down and like people are like literally, um, they have to move all of their crew and like all their supplies into trailers trying to save all the stuff. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> literally rolls up his sleeve and is like working with emergency workers. Like all the actors are like in their rooms, like locking stuff up, trying to like batter the windows. Jeff Goldblum's in the thick of the hurricane, like moving stuff. Everybody was like, Jeff Goldblum is like a stand-up dude. Like he was trying to get everybody to safety. Oh my god! Super great guy. Spielberg, the fucking psycho. He's like, <laughs> grab your cameras. We're going outside because they have storm scenes in the movie. Oh my god! And so now the things like where you see, um, like the scene with like where the jeep gets tipped and there's like a dinosaur and stuff and there's rain. That was on a lot in Burbank, but all the natural storm scenes you see, like at the island, are from the hurricane. So they were actually, like, stupidly putting people in danger. But Spielberg's like, well, we need a storm scene. Like, did the actors go out into it? I don't think. I think it was just the natural shots that they oh, had. Okay, so, like, still. any of, like, the <laughs> island scenes, that's natural hurricane. That's happening. Um, so there for a lot of water, like, rain in that movie. Yeah, where you see, like, water, like, coming up against the thing. That's in Hawaii. 150 mile an hour winds. Like, it devastated the island. Like, there was, like, a ton of destruction and stuff. Um, well, it was so bad, too, that they declared martial law. So nobody could leave the island. But everybody had to fly back to Los Angeles because they're on this like super crazy time crunch. And one of the producers happened to run into a pilot who was bringing in emergency rations. And he was the pilot that they hired for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so he was like a professional pilot, but he had also happened to work on film sets. They were friends. 
and he snuck the whole crew out under martial law. Oh my god. <laughs> to get back to Los Angeles because he was like, okay, like we got to get them out somehow. And so all the actors and crew, he would bring in supplies, sneak actors and crew on and get them back to Los Angeles, like an airport where they could go back to Los Angeles. Oh my God. Yeah. So they like under martial law, totally broke it to get back to Los Angeles to keep filming. Um, and okay. So then that scene where you see like where they're in the Jeep where the dinosaur like puts his head in the Jeep, it's super scary, knocks it over. Um, that one was like an animatronic dinosaur, like hydraulics and stuff. And they said, like, imagine a school bus flying by your head. That's how big the head of the dinosaur was. Like, it was huge. And so it, there was a ton, a ton, a ton of safety precautions that they had to use. It was like close to them, right? Yeah, because it was like on their head and stuff. So like a ton of safety stuff had to go into it because it's like obviously really dangerous to have that on set. You're having like... A, like a couple school buses sized thing swinging around on set super dangerous and they were like don't get it wet because it's hydraulics and all the stuff and like also the material it's made out of so the thing was they were gonna have it rain behind or in front of it but not on it but then when you film you like can't control that stuff it's like a madhouse so it started getting rained on for hours in this scene and i thought it was gonna be like blow up or something but actually, the thing that surrounded it was foam latex, which is essentially a sponge. And so it basically grew to four times its weight. <laughs> because it was, so it was like a fat dinosaur. It wasn't supposed to be that fat in the film. And which then all the CGI guys had to change all of their animations because like, well, we can't have it fat in one scene and then skinny in the other. And also it became four times as heavy. So think about like, it's already like a couple school buses size times four four swinging around on set well also it started to cause the inside to malfunction because it wasn't supposed to get wet and so it started shaking (laughs) so then the dinosaur like looks scared they're like no you're supposed to be the scary thing so this dinosaur is like jiggling and fat and like not at all what was supposed to happen (laughs) so like that was a mess um and then they like had to wrap it up but because they were so behind in scheduling Spielberg was also working on Schindler's List at the same time. So he would literally do Schindler's List during the day, Jurassic Park at night for months. And like they had a Zoom call before Zoom was like a thing. It was like through satellite and it was super expensive and like different time zones and stuff. Um, So, but they wrapped it. They literally, they wrapped Schindler's List and then like 11 days later, Jurassic Park premiered in theaters. And they spent like 63 million making it and 65 million promoting it. Like, they were convinced it was going to be, like, a huge hit. And it was. And when it opened, it made $50 million in its first weekend. And at the time, it went on to be the highest grossing film ever made. Like, at the time. It got, like, almost a billion dollars. Oh, my. In its opening run. That's huge money back then. Isn't that crazy? Oh that was, like, pre-Marvel. God. Yeah. So, all that is the story of how Jurassic Park was made. <laughs> oh which was God. way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. That makes me want to watch it now. Just right? to, like, to appreciate what they did. Yeah. And, like, all the actors. Also, that, like, usually with those, like, there's, like, oh, we wanted this actor. We couldn't get him. Every single actor was, like, hell yeah, we want to do it. Like, they were, like, handpicked. Except for the little girl, they were like, we just want somebody who could scream. And she screamed, like, she screamed for three minutes straight. And they were like, she's hired. Because she sounded like the girl in King Kong. Spielberg was like, I hadn't heard scream since Faye, whatever her name is in King Kong, hired the little girl. And that's how she got the job. Wow. That's yeah. so good. Thanks. So that was, I thought that was a fun ride of a story oh when I was watching God. it. I was like, so much stuff could have gone wrong. Yeah, it's 
fun. Your story is so much better than Stuart oh, Duggars. Oh my god. <laughs> thank you. I love that. I love learning behind the scenes for stuff. Me too. Yeah, it was. I. It makes me love the movie even more than I already did. Oh my god. And I just Jeff Goldblum. But, what a stand-up dude! Like so nice to hear that Jeff Goldblum was like actually a nice person, you know. Yeah. And Spielberg's kind of crazy, but yeah. oh, and the other fun fact is um, during like the scenes that they had the dinosaurs, um, like they were reacting to nothing. So like they they were just like you know a CG like a person would walk by like pretend it's a dinosaur, and so Sam Neill was like, "Can you give us something to work with like a noise?" And so Spielberg was making dinosaur noises like behind <laughs> the camera. I'm like really getting into it. So like he was a team player. He was just a little crazy. <laughs> Had to be. Had to be. Yeah. That's why. And did you see the most recent one? Yes. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but um, did they bring back the little kids ever in the movies? I'm pretty sure the little kids were in the new one, I think. I know Laura Dern and Sam were. I can't remember if the kids were or not. It'd be fun to see where they are now. Yeah. I don't know if they're acting still, but yeah. Great, great movie. Wow. That's amazing. All right. I think that... Is there anything else we want to touch on? I don't think so. That Sorry to abruptly end. I just got cinnamon in my throat again. Oh, no. <laughs> She's going down fast. I'm going down. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thank you for You're that. welcome. Thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you hopefully next week. Yes. We're going to try to be better about our timing. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.